This is an ABC podcast. From the backyard in Darwin, right into your ears, it's a set of barking owls. Welcome to Off Track, the last show of 2020, and it's chock-a-block full of natural wonders so we can end this year on a high. I'm Ann Jones. Liz sent in the barking owl from Larrakia country, Darwin. And you can hear how there are two. I think it's more likely that the high-pitched one is the female of a pair and they're having a good discussion about something. Jason was on Gadigal land in Sydney when he recorded this clip. For your safety, please remain behind the yellow line at all times and allow others... The willy wagtail is really going for it, despite the loud station noise and people everywhere. And this recording you sent to Jason, it ends in the most spectacular way that made me snort. One of them. One of them's got a really nice uh, call. The trouble is Well, I suppose that's the way, isn't it? Some people admire the pigeons, and others only see the shit. Send me your recordings of nature sounds, please. Off track at abc.net.au. My name is Nicholas Rakatapari. I was born in Madagascar and that's where I spent the first 15 years of my life. I've now been in Australia for over a decade. Nowadays you'll mostly find me behind the camera documenting science and nature. So here's a bit of background on the injury sounds. Once heard, never forgotten. Anyone travelling to Madagascar and has heard this sound will remember it forever. It's so loud and carries so much throughout the forest. So for this particular recording, uh, I was just below the individual and I remembered it being so, so, so loud. It was borderline bearable. That's how loud it can get. Right, now we're going to talk a little bit about the golden bamboo lemur sounds. So for this one, you have to picture yourself in Ramafan National Park. That's roughly in the middle of Madagascar. It's dense rainforest. And it was a very, very rainy morning. So there was not many people out and about. It was very slippery, very muddy and very wet. I stacked it a fair few times. So we spent most of the morning with our two guides searching around for the golden bamboo lemurs, but didn't find anything until early afternoon. We decided to take a quick break and everyone was a bit tired because it is hard work walking through the mud. And uh, we stopped at the junction of two trails and 15 minutes later, we heard the distant rumble of a helicopter, which got louder and louder and louder. It was probably going to the local research station. And it was so loud that it actually woke up a group of golden bamboo lemur that was just behind us. 
roughly 20 minutes off the path, just sleeping in perfect secret and no one had noticed. So thanks to the helicopter, it gave us a chance to get a few photos and videos and this sound recording before they shuffled around and went back to sleep as drenched as they woke up. So thank you, helicopter. Now a bit of backstory on the Gibbons recording, as a minute. Uh, I recorded that one in Sabah, that's the Malaysian part of Borneo. So I was lucky enough a few years ago to spend six months there and I got to encounter a lot of amazing critters. But this sound I recorded was on my last morning in Danum Valley, which is an amazing place full of wildlife. I was there tutoring students and while they were at breakfast, I was up a trail at the back of the research station looking for gibbons that I could see in the distance when they started calling. And because they were too far for any sort of like photos or videos, I decided to record some audio and it's quite an incredible sound to wake up to. And remember, if you love the sound of nature, then look out for Nature Track. It's one of my side projects to Off Track, where we have long sound recordings of nature that will hopefully help you concentrate or drown out noise or maybe take you down memory lane. Like this one did for Kate Farthing, who said that the storm in the desert reminded her of the years she spent nursing in the outback. Oh, g'day. My name's Kate, and I I was working with Rosie, who I met on night duty, working in a hospital in Brisbane. We came up to having our long service leave, and we we packed up and we we left at two o'clock in the afternoon to um, on our big trip over to Western Australia. As we're driving up, there was a really big navy blue storm brewing filled the whole sky because there was so little glare because of this weather system you could see so much and lots of little wildflowers and everything it was very beautiful and the dirt was all red you know that red pinned in sand yeah, we just had a ute and we just drove along Well, I was listening to one of the, um, maybe the nature sounds, and I remembered how we travelled on the west, because it's such a long time ago now. It's almost like a dream. G'day, I'm Rowan Clark and I'm an ornithologist and an ecologist from Monash University. I've just been listening to this great call that was sent in by K. 
Kevin uh, from Mission Beach. As an ornithologist, this is a really familiar call for the wet tropics and some of the lowland rainforests in this area. But it's also a call that's super familiar across much of the top end to the Kimberleys and Cape York. And it's given by the yellow oriole, a species that's sort of very typical of those areas that occupies the wetter, lusher green forests in these areas. And it's a species that is typically a fruit eater. It means sometimes it can be remarkably hard to spot if it's tucked away in the canopy feeding on fruits. But this call, um, this really characteristic call, is the thing that gives away its presence. And because of that, uh, even though it's hard to spot, often it's one of the first birds that's recorded at a site. And that means, you know, as soon as you step out of your car at a new spot, or indeed as soon as you arrive at, say, Darwin Airport or Cairns Airport and step outside, it's often one of the first birds that you hear calling. So, you know, a really nice one to sort of take you back to these sites because it is so characteristic of these regions. And Kevin wasn't the only one questioning what bird was making that sound. Here's Erin's recording from Cairns. It's a yellow oriole, Erin. John here, I'm at the Maroochee Butterham Botanical Gardens and I'm listening to, I think, a frogs having a great time. Anyway, sit back and enjoy. I can do one better than just listening to it, John. I can get an expert to tell us what they can hear. Jordan Crawford-Ash works with the Frog ID app as one of their extra expert frog identifiers. Hi, Jordan. Hi, Anne. Wow, that was such a beautiful recording John has made in the Maroochee Gardens. And John is absolutely correct. This is a frog calling. This is the Eastern Dwarf Tree Frog, or Latoria phallax. The Eastern Dwarf Tree Frog is a tiny, bright lime green frog. They are so cute and so beautiful, although I will admit I say that about every frog species. But what's unusual about this species is that they are very often out in the daytime, basking in the sun. Not many frog species do this, so this is a great frog to try find in your local parks and gardens. They're usually hanging out in the big brushy bushes right next to the pond or stream, such as Lamandra. So definitely try have a look, although you do need a keen eye, they're very well camouflaged. This species is found from North Queensland all the way to Southern New South Wales. However, more recently we've found that there are a few accidentally introduced populations in Melbourne, Victoria. So this can happen, sometimes frogs are transported in plants and garden supplies or even fruits and vegetables. 
and they establish in these areas where they would never normally be. We've discovered with the Frog ID app that there are a few populations popping up around Melbourne. So if you live in Melbourne and you hear this sound, please do record with the Frog ID app as we would love to learn as much as we possibly can about these little stowaway populations. Marcus wrote in with a recording from Borneo and he said that he was told that it was a five o'clock bird, presumably because the sound starts around five o'clock every day. So I commenced Googling to try and find someone who might be able to help us identify this sound. And I found just the right person. Hi there, I'm Ding Li Yong. I'm a keen bird watcher and a naturalist based in Singapore. I have studied ecosystems and biodiversity widely across Australia, Southeast Asia and China and have been really fortunate to have visited many wild places in this part of the world. In my day job, I work for the UK-based NGO BirdLife International to oversee projects on bird conservation. This sound in question is most intriguing It actually belongs to an insect, not a bird. This is definitely not the most familiar amongst Borneo's wonderful insect species. This sound comes from the Empress cicada, considered by scientists to be the largest of the world's cicada species. The wingspan of this magnificent bug exceeds 15 cm. The rather haunting sound of the Empress Cicada is a familiar part of the evening chorus in rainforests across many different parts of Borneo, and I myself have heard them in the forests of Sarawak. The Bornean rainforests, as many of us have visited, are remarkably rich in species and host some of the most fantastic wildlife sounds on the planet. Kate sent this in from Eltham in Victoria, and you can hear that persistent noisy minor beep, 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 and magpies in it. But also the call of my favourite parrot, I think, the gang gang. It sounds like the door on a haunted house. And here they are in Canberra with a recording from a different Kate.
These birds look a bit like a galah, but they're dusty black in colour, and the males have a crimson head with a tiny curly little feather at the top. Their call is more raspy than most other parrots, and this recording from Dave in Kingston just shows it off. But they aren't always carrying on like that. Susan sent in this recording. She wrote, I have a slightly unusual audio recording for you. It's a bird sound, but not a call or a song. It's the noise made by a flock of about eight or so gang-gang cockatoos chewing on little gum nuts in the Blue Mountains. I love that, Susan, because the cracking and munching of seeds is one of the best ways to find parrots because they're noisy eaters. So even when they're not talking to each other, keep your ear out. Emily wrote in this year, saying how much she enjoyed the sounds of nature in her ears. In fact, she had a pretty unbelievable story about the recordings that we use on these programs. Some of the off-track episodes actually got me through labour. I listened to them on repeat and they transported me from the hospital to the wilderness. And I ended up spending about 12 hours in the birth suite and I reckon I listened to nature sounds for about six of those hours. My baby was more than four kilos, so I figured I needed all the help I could get. And if that was from a bunch of red-tailed black cockatoos, then I'd take it. And those red cockies are from Dwellingup and were recorded by Ryan. Please email me with your sounds and stories. Off track at abc.net.au. Ben sent in this sound from Tattenup in Western Australia. This is Paul Dowdy, curator of herpetology, that is, reptiles and amphibians at the Western Australian Museum. Now I've had a listen to Ben's recording and I reckon it's a squelching froglet, which is similar to a bleeding froglet, also from the southwest. So these are small, about three centimeters long frogs. And yeah, where they occur, they often occur in large numbers, uh, hunkering down amongst the grass, uh, quite camouflaged guys. There's two species now based on the calls, but based on the genetics and a few other things we know, they're probably more dialects with a widespread bleating dialect that goes throughout the southwest. 
But when you get on the Swan Coastal Plain, you have this sort of squelching dialect. And that's more like what this call sounds like. That extra bleeding tree frog sound in there, like a little bar, that was from Dr Jody Rowley. Chris sent in this recording of sugar gliders at Kangalula Wildlife Sanctuary, waking up in the evening and getting ready for the night of activities. They sound just like I do when I wake up. And sticking with the mammal sounds, Tommy O'Haha on Instagram sent in this recording of a magnificent nocturnal beast. And I got Dr Kylie Soans to describe what she could hear. Hi, I'm Kylie Soans and I'm a conservation scientist at the University of Melbourne. And I'm pretty excited because I think that sound is a yellow-bellied glider. I say think because I've never been lucky enough to hear or even see one in the wild for myself before. I've only worked with their smaller cousins like the sugar glider and squirrel glider. But yellow-bellied gliders are simply fantastic critters. They love to eat tree sap, of all things, and they have these two enormous bottom teeth that they'll use to rip open a tree trunk so the sap oozes out and they can lap it up. And it leaves behind this really clean V-shaped scar that you might see when you're wandering through the forest. And I know that their shrieky gurgle sounds a little bit like an old lawnmower that just won't start. But it can be heard hundreds of metres through the forest. It's perfect for letting your mates know where you are and telling your nemeses to back off away from your territory. If you're lucky, you can also hear this really long whoosh as they glide up to 100 metres through the air, followed by a soft thunk and as they land on the tree and scramble back up to the canopy. It's really just such a special thing to witness and I'm kind of jealous. Now, just when you think the off-track inbox couldn't get any better, I got this submission. So a bit of background, we also have a children's nature podcast called Noisy by Nature, and it turns out Olive is a fan. Um, please, can you come over? Please, can you come over? Who? Um, Anzones, come over. Where? To here. Oh, you'd like to meet Ann Jones? Yeah. <laughs> Can you please come here, Ann Jones? <laughs> and Tully, who is about two and a half years old, is quickly becoming an expert nature sound identifier. Hi, Ann. This is a cicada and a greengrocer. I wonder if it will come back. Okay, too. Bye. So, it's been a challenging year, 
But it's not all bad, because even when you're inside the pipes near the toilet, you can still sing a love song to the world. As this recording from James in Bexley proves. Remember that over summer, our inbox will stay open for your sound submissions and fieldwork fail stories or anything else you want to write to us. The address is offtrack at abc.net.au. Before we round out this year's programs, I'd like to shout from within the sewer of 2020 that Jo Khan has worked incredibly hard on Off Track this year and her part-time producer but full-time nature fan status has been very much appreciated. So from me, Jo, and this frog singing in a pipe, let's hope we hear more from each other in 2021. That's when I'll take you somewhere else. You've been listening to an ABC podcast. Discover more great ABC podcasts, live radio and exclusives on the ABC Listen app.